Comrades. Dear fellows. Comrades. I want to talk to I you. I crawl to you. I'd like to talk to you about the American dream. We are your artists in presidents. Let's do this. Let's go. There is no fire, and the hearth is cold. I'm sitting by a fireplace in the studio where I construct my heart. This fireplace, this building, was stacked together in the 1930s here in the hard scrabble reality of Appalachia. To build it, locals hauled down the rocks broken from the hills of folded stone and plucked stones from their fields of corn and tobacco. These were rocks that seemed to propagate in the soil, to challenge the plow and intensify the bitter crop of poverty. Eleanor Roosevelt came by this place in 1934, a year after her presidential husband started radio broadcasts that sowed his vision of encouragement and hope, clearing the dust left over from the Great Depression. Now, a pandemic victimizes the health and lives of us all, and a dire echo of that depression quakes American security once more. Massive fires burn out west in climate change parched areas while small-scale conflagrations of frustration are coinciding with largely peaceful, soulful protests that Black Lives Matter in cities across the country. I can't chat with you as someone who has soothing wisdom from experience. None of us has previously experienced the wounding rains and winds that are making landfall into coastal cities with increasing frequency, the almost daily reveal of homicidal systemic injustice, the daily count of the infected and the dead. While we are grateful to the exhausted essential medical workers, to law enforcement acting in true service and protection of citizens, and to the beleaguered fire crews fighting back nonstop against an advancing hell, we still have to contend with resistance of reason and lack of care for others by an unmasked population rejecting science. It seems our country is mired in a consuming political polarity. It all points to a future too tough to call. Although I am physically quarantined from fires of the West and from the physical public participation of Black Lives Matter movements. These events are burdens double-fold. They weigh on me, and they have deeply affected my spirit, my colleagues, and family. Let me turn away from an uncertain future to reflect on the fires and disease that visited this land before. For thousands of seasons, the indigenous people of here set controlled fires to undergrowth beneath the massive canopies of the American forest. 
aiding the soil's fertility. The woodland natives picked up what nature's lightning most likely put down. Then they encountered a pandemic of smallpox. Facts matter. Something has to ensure that history is not conserving myths that serve sham reputations, pervert our present, and muck up hope. The story of colonial germ warfare, a gift box within a box, finally containing a snippet of small pox-soaked rags that caused the virulence that ravaged the people of these woods, does have a historical source. There were more vectors. The disease, which the Lakotas called running face sickness, moved in and up with the Spanish conquistadors and explorers, then continued with its spread through the English colonists. Its horrible reach was coupled with intentional violence, not fully covered by histories regarding the founding of our country. We can say names of tribes like Kuala, Tuscarora, Cherokee, but the individual names of hundreds of thousands whose lives did not matter will never be said. The days have begun to darken as the ash from the western fires reaches us. There has been the choking smoke from store-bought tiki torches, fires recklessly started by men playing with guns at gender reveal parties in areas that must be in complete denial of global warming effects. And flames of rage, sparked by grief, ignited by hopelessness, kindled by the failure of leadership, law enforcement forever stained by racial bias. James Baldwin powerfully warned in his New Yorker article back in 1962, if we do not now dare everything, the fulfillment of that prophecy recreated from the Bible in a song by a slave is upon us. God gave Noah the rainbow sign, no more water, the fire next time. America didn't dare everything since his warning then. Now it seems we are deep into the fire next time. Eleanor Roosevelt, who stood before this fireplace, wrote that in the long run, there is no more liberating, no more exhilarating experience than to determine one's position. State it bravely, then act boldly. Action brings with it its own courage, its own energy, a growth of self-confidence that can be acquired in no other way. And Baldwin reverberated her thoughts. A country is only as good, only as strong as the people who make it up. And the country turns into what the people want it to become. I don't believe any longer that we can afford to say that it is entirely out of our hands. We made the world we're living in, and we have to make it over. The world we're living in has fifth-generation internet connectivity to almost everything. 
We can find Roosevelt's Baldwin's ruminations instantly. However, their inspiring thoughts are mingling with endless ads, trolls, gaslighters, hackers, and foreign agents in our societal media. We are in a real deep state of anxiety. Mediators of information intentionally fuel the fears of the ill-informed. It's a messed up matrix for anyone in which a true position is harder for one to determine to act boldly upon. So what can we make? Picasso did say something smart. He remarked, Art is a lie that makes us realize truth. Right now, we endure an autocrat president who presents lies as truth. What do we do to return art to Pablo's job description? There is no fire and the hearth is cold. I'd be lying to you if I said it. I have no burning questions. Could a fire of wise intensity, like the controlled burns of the indigenous Americans, actually nurture the regeneration of justice? Could a righteous blaze oxidize opportunistic pathologies? Could a steadier flame shed a healing light on the roots of insecurity for someone with a blinding rage against others? Could it do more than scare Karen off her high horse and get me in a hot seat to really go after that wisdom I say I don't have? Maybe I need to burn off my cultural training that places myself as a creative force to make this fire, ask these questions, and take on new lessons from the youth engaged on the street that are taking the risk. Be willing to settle where I'm needed. Be part of the flash that burns hot and out quickly. Or be part of the cleanup crew to sweep up those ashes and put them to good use. At least be part of the spectrum of liberating action, as Mrs. Roosevelt advised. Nice monologuing with you. Got to get up and get on with this. And now turn this into something else. Live on through our descendants. Let us begin again my Americans. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And good luck. <laughs>